And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and this is Group Therapy. This is the special edition where we get to sit down and talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. I'm going to let these two gentlemen introduce themselves, especially so those of you who are just listening can put a voice to a name. And we're going to start on the viewers left today. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond, sports editor with the Livingston Parish News. And this is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. All right. So let's get started here. Um, I guess we can say let's tee it up. Uh, is that the the right sports colloquialism there? Uh, that would be uh, is that is that golf? Yeah, because I hate yeah, to say, I hate to say you know kick it off because we're not it's not football season or soccer season we can't tip it off it's not basketball there, but there, there's definitely golf going on uh, well yeah, yeah sports, so we'll say man. tee it up um, but really uh, we're going to start with you today because we uh, we have state tournament action coming up this weekend in softball. And um, the, the field has been uh, cut mightily on the baseball side. So let's start with let's start with baseball uh, so we can spend no. some more time on the state tournament in softball. What's uh, we've had several first round games go down uh, and, and some upsets. Yeah, uh, I, last night I went to uh, Walker and Como uh, and Walker, as you guys know, advanced to the uh, to state tournament last season. Uh, that didn't come uh, come to pass the the the. Uh, they wind up losing seven to five. The post game was a little bit different. Uh, the last time they played a playoff game there at the, at Walker, uh, which is last year, it was you know jovial and uh, players shaving their heads because they're going to the tournament, things like that. Uh, it was a whole lot different because uh, that same uh, group that was juniors last year, uh, that was their last game. And uh, when talking to Coach Sandifer, it's one of those things where it, it, he kind of put it in perspective because these guys were a lot of them had started as sophomores and then. Uh, you know, COVID wiped out that that sophomore season for them. So, uh, what they know of the end of a season really was uh, last year in Sulphur in uh, a state semifinal game. Uh, so he said this was the first real time that they got a taste of what it's actually like when you lose a, a playoff game. Uh, and it's one of those things where for them last night uh, they're able to hit the ball. They get good pitching. Uh, left the lo- the bases loaded uh, twice. Uh, just couldn't push some runs across, and they also would think I, I I had them with six errors, which was he said highly you know uncharacteristic. He said normally when we get we've, we've gotten beat this season, uh, teams have just beat us, and uh, he he called it. Uh, I think he said it was self destruct mode for him last night. Uh, the way things worked out for him. Um, also had some other games. Uh, Denham Springs, uh, Acadiana beat Denham four to one. Um, Live Oak wins four to three. They get a run in with two out in the bottom of six to win that one over Covington. Uh, Doyle won one nothing over Welsh. Caden Barcia had eleven strikeouts in that game for Doyle. Um, let's see who else. Uh, French Settlement lost to uh, Darbon Woods Charter eight to five. Uh, great progress for that program under Kate Savick and uh, Jared Poche this year. Um, young team, so they'll have a lot of those guys back. Um, I went to uh to uh Springfield and Pickering on Monday. That was the one. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh had a had a nice rain delay of just over two hours. We kind of hung out there and 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 did that. Um, was got I went to the car. I was I was gonna leave, and I told him I went to the car, started doing some interviews, and all of a sudden the, the skies just kind of cleared out, and you know, then I saw the tarp coming off, and I said, okay, we're gonna go. And uh, sure enough, it uh, they wind up winning that one three to one. Um. Uh, 
Two out in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Will Taylor steals home, makes it three to one. Gutsy call at that point, but they get it, and uh, it, it paid off because Blake Lobel came on in relief in the uh, the seventh, and they wind up giving up a run and winds up three to two. So that's a gutsy call there in that game. Yeah. So we've got uh, four teams advancing, uh, and everybody else is out. So the the uh, Class B starts today. Oh yeah. Uh, Holden Holden will be at home, and then Marpaul will be on the road. So. Uh, um, working on that story now. I'll be posting that. Uh, hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully. I will be posting that later on today, Wednesday. So, sounds good. Yeah, and we are recording this on Wednesday. So we're going to jump over to David real quick, uh, and we'll come back to you for the softball because, uh, of course, that is state tournament action. We got three teams heading, uh, three lady squads heading up there for this weekend's action. So we'll talk about that in a second. Said action way too many times. Uh, getting over to David, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, big thing coming up this weekend as well as Spring Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I guess I think they have the most vendors they've ever signed up uh, yep. for this particular event because, you know, COVID shut it down this and Fall Fest. Uh, for, actually, Spring Fest was shut down for two years, whereas Fall Fest only missed one, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, because we missed 2020. No, no, Sp- no, no, I don't think so. No, I 2021 Spring Fest was modified. That's right. Yes, and That's then, right. but but they still had a big crowd. But yeah, so Spring Fest is this weekend, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, yeah, I was so. I, I was just going to kind of connect the dots there on you know. That's why a lot of vendors are interested in coming yeah. uh, when they finally got it back going. The crowds were huge. Yeah, the last two, uh, both festivals were able to go on in 2021. They were both canceled in 2020. Now I can't remember because seems like every other year one of them gets rained out so that maybe that was it i, I, I can't remember which one it was uh but yeah so both festivals came we're back in 2021 and uh starting off 2022 with spring fest and yeah they have 160 vendors they're expecting it once again to be another uh, uh another crazy day but that's what they want there i mean that that brings in this is one of the biggest draws definitely uh definitely in denim springs and you know, there's you know some years they have might have ten thousand people that go to this festival. You know, throughout, so you got ten thousand people, a lot of them from outside of Denham Springs who are coming to the Antique Village to spend money. So I mean, it's a it's a big boost to those uh, to the vendors, to the shop owners, to you know to this you know to the area in general, because uh, you never know what these people do after Spring Fest. They might you know go you know, stop at Bass Pro. Who knows? I mean, so there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of an an economic impact that comes from spring fest so there you know as long as the weather holds up that's the only uh fallback with this being outside that you never know with louisiana weather in the spring so uh but as long as the weather holds up i mean you're you're gonna have the crowds come out i, I think for fall fest it usually starts at nine thirty, and i got there last year at 10 and it was already jam-packed so i mean it's probably gonna be the same way with this if the weather holds sure so also coming up this weekend, uh, we have an election. Yes. Two. Two yes. elections. Uh, one in Albany and one for Fire Protection District 4. Yes. Uh, packed weekend, man. Yeah. Crazy. Bunch of stuff. There's other stuff uh, going on this weekend, too, that we're just not yeah. going to be able to be at. This, they got a lot going on this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, so uh, let's talk about those two elections real quick. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there's no parish-wide item on this weekend's ballot. So uh, if you don't live in one of these areas, uh, you're not going to be able to vote. But 
the half cent sales tax is for the Albany School District, and that is going to, if approved, it would help the help the Albany schools pay for a new middle school gym, a new elementary cafeteria, and eventually a track and field that would be used by all grades, and not only used by all grades, but all schools on the eastern side of the parish would be able to use that. You know, Holden and Springfield schools would be able to use this track and field facility because. There's really nothing on that side of the parish for this. Uh, Dr. Devin Gregoire, the school board member for Albany, told me that you know track and field athletes have to either go to Denham, Walker, or Ponchatoula. So this would give East Eastern Livingston Parish students something you know right in their own backyard to be able to use. And uh, this is this item is kind of uh, this situation has seen a lot of change in November. It was supposed to be on the ballot in November, then Ida hit. It was supposed to go along with the proposed millage because they wanted to ultimately build a new school in the Albany School District. But uh, you know those construction costs have risen and that kind of uh, fell apart. So they decided to go with just the half cent sales tax. And Dr. Gregoire pointed out that you know if you shop outside of Albany, like in Walker, Livingston, those areas. You're already paying a half cent sales tax for that, you know, for the for those areas. So this is just allowing the Albany School District to take advantage or to be able to recoup some of that local spending that is done. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, businesses out there that he pointed out. You know, you had the Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Carter's. Uh, there's doctors and lawyers offices out there. So all of these would be contributing to that half cent sales tax for that would ultimately go for the schools it should bring in around three hundred thousand dollars and uh some of these improvements are greatly greatly needed he said so that is one item the other item is the 15 mil increase for uh those serviced by fire protection district four and uh that would help them pay you know upgrade their facilities add new firefighters it's the first time since 1975 they've they've asked for extra funds right now they operate on a 10 mil uh, property tax and this would be a 15 mil increase for the next 20 years and have to go up for renewal again but yeah basically it, it's just them trying to they they say those at the district four said they've stretched the dollar as far as they can go but in order to meet the demands of a rapidly growing parish they simply need more funds when this was first approved there was 45,000 people in the parish all together now district four covers sixty thousand alone just in its district so uh covers a third of the parish by far the biggest fire department in in the parish so this is uh you know that they're just in need of extra funds and that's why they put this on the ballot and you know we'll see uh what happens this saturday so yeah lots going down saturday uh one more thing to talk about we are going to speaking of fire protection we're going to talk about a firefighter uh, to wrap up the show, but want to talk about uh, real quick before we jump back over to Rob. Um, uh, the, we talked about Parish President Leighton Ricks uh, vetoing a specific ordinance um, for specific reasons. The council has uh, a, basically accepted that veto. Yeah. Uh, give us a brief little overview on that. Yeah, that, uh, there was no action that was actually needed to be taken. They just, you know, verbally said we accept it, and that that's pretty much it. But uh, but it just kind of, uh, but yeah, so people don't know the the council passed an ordinance that would have uh, changed uh, building line setbacks, you know, that w on state highways and federal highways that would have just limited or basically banned putting permanent structures within, you know, however many feet of a state federal highway. 
President Leighton Ricks uh, vetoed that, saying that it infringed on property owners' rights, and the council just ultimately decided to accept that. Tracy Gornhouse was one of the people for this setback uh, ordinance. Uh, he stressed that he probably was a little ambitious with saying it for all of this of the state highways and federal highways in the parish. His main focus was Florida Boulevard, which you know his district is Walker, Denham Springs to basically to Livingston. I mean, you got traffic. You know, on Florida Boulevard all the time. It's a major, major highway, and that was kind of his focus. So he's kind of taking a step back and saying he's going to basically they're going to focus on one highway at a time. That's kind of the new strategy for that going forward. So, I mean, that would probably be one that would uh, you would see some sort of setback requirement, uh, either changing or uh, discussion on that soon. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to come back to you to talk about a specific firefighter in just a second, but we're going to jump back over to Rob. We got three teams. Head into the state tourney over in Lake Charles. Uh, softball's played at Frash, isn't it? Frash. Sulfur, sulfur complex. Uh, and so that would be uh, Walker, Holden, and Doyle. That's correct. Some pretty typical names here yeah. when it comes to softball. So yeah. uh, let's start with, and unfortunately scheduling is going to make it tough on you. Right. Uh, but let's start with uh, Holden. Um, they're, uh, they're just right back where they need to be. Uh, I talked to coach Andrews, uh, Raven Andrews, first year coach. Uh, we talked last night, uh, and just basically there's, they've made a lot of changes, uh, basically a whole new coaching staff, uh, a lot of the same faces there, uh, but they're in different positions. They're playing different spots. And, and she said that the team's been really receptive to what they're doing in terms of, okay, we need, we need you to do this and we need they just want to win. She said they just want to win, uh, and that's that's evident by what they're doing here. Um, they're kind of going in with uh, they got a few a few of them that haven't been in the tournament, and uh, if you haven't been and it's a, it's a new experience for you, it can be intimidating just because it's loud. Uh, those fields are not right on top of each other, but you've got multiple games going on at the same time, so it can get really. Uh, I, I it may be easy for people to lose their focus, I guess, if you haven't done it before. Um, but she said some of those veteran players who have been there before, and some of these some of these uh, players, uh, it, it, you look back and you go, man, they've been doing this since they were in seventh grade, you know, and here they they're juniors now, and you know, and they've been there, so they're kind of helping these younger players through the process. At the same time, uh, it's Coach Andrews. It's it's her first time, uh, you know, coaching on this level, uh, and I, I went out to that. Uh, the regional round and, you know, walked in the dugout, went to go get the lineup card. And I, I could kind of tell she was nervous. I said, you all right? And she said, this is my first playoff game at any level <laughs> that I've ever done. So, I, you know, I said, it, the, the girls have to help you out, you know. And she tipped her hat to uh, to Coach uh, Rusty Hutchinson, the assistant principal over there, who's the assistant and with her, and, and David White, who's helping her out too, with helping her out through the whole process of, just kind of learning the ropes and things that need to be done. And it's, it's something that, uh, I, I think I told her we had the conversation. So I, I said, I had to do this story. I said, how is it different for you? And how are you using these kids to kind of learn, uh, what you need to do? So, um, I'll be working on that. I'll have that, uh, that'll be out before they play. Uh, that is my goal <laughs> and they'll be playing Friday, uh, at, uh, noon, I believe. Okay. And, uh, to the viewers, I do apologize. That was me kicking the tripod. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't see anything, man. Yeah, right. Moving on. 
so next let's uh, let's just move up to 2A. Let's talk about Doyle. Yeah, uh, Doyle uh, picks up a win over Rosepine uh, to get to the tournament, at which in talking to Coach DeSalle, Amanda DeSalle, after that game, it, it was that may be the biggest kind of, uh, I guess, milestone that you have to get over. And that was her 200th career win as well. They got that win, so that milestone, that was totally unintended. But um, she got her 200th win. But uh, they're a young team. They've got one senior in KK Savant. Um, it's it's just uh, – and they'll be playing Manny, who's uh, – they're the top seed. And if you guys remember correctly, that's who beat them last year in the state championship game. So uh, I, I don't know if there's necessarily a kind of uh, – a revenge type deal here. Uh, I don't know if that plays in the end of the deal here. Uh, Manny's a really good team. They knocked out the uh, uh, French settlement to get here. Um, but I, my uh, my focus here for for these. I don't know if you guys read it, but th- th- I posted this one. Did a feature on the Savant sisters uh, going into this one. Uh, it's not very often that you see three sisters who are starting for the same team. So uh, we, we kind of joked about it. They said when they go to tournaments, as people are reading it off, they kind of pause a little bit because they have to make sure there's three savant names on there, you know, and, and coach to sell. But they're uh, completely different personalities uh, for them. You know, you've got uh, KK, who's the, the uh, she's a senior. She's kind of quiet about what she does. She's the leader, but she's really quiet, but, you know, really sure of herself and what she's doing out on the field. Uh, then you've got uh, Kylie. She's a freshman. She's a catcher. She's uh, the complete opposite, the kind of loud one. Um, she's, you know, as a catcher, she said she has to be loud, so that's part of the personality that comes out. And then Allie, uh, who plays in right field, she's a seventh grader. Uh, they said the best way to describe her is uh, a mix of the two. So she's uh, she can be, you know, uh, Coach Cell described her, as, you know, she can be crazy at times, you know, dancing and stuff in the dugout. But then when she gets on the field, she's quiet. And so you've got these three. It, I, and for me and for them, it's a it's a big deal that they actually got to – they're getting to go to a state tournament and play together. And they're going to have a lot of extended family. Uh, and I know the family is really excited about this opportunity that, that they have, you know, regardless of what happens because you, you just don't see that very often. It was real fun. It was really fun, a fun interview. It was it – was, we I mean, we might have laughed a few times. <laughs> a lot of interplay, huh? So, last but certainly not least, uh, the bomb squad, five A Walker uh, heading in. Who are they playing? Uh, y'all y'all might have heard of this matchup before. It's Walker and Santa Ma. Uh I went back and checked. We were talking uh, earlier in our staff meeting about them meeting up. Uh, they they met twice already this year, and Santa Ma's won both of those. Uh, but that last after that last loss that Walker took, they're on a uh, they they haven't lost since then. Uh, I think I counted. 20 it's about 23 games i'm bad at math so i may be off that's the reason i write for a living but um it, it's another matchup uh and and what i talk with the uh, coach westmoreland about here is uh the last time walker went to the state tournament uh these seniors on this team that have been a really big part of what they're doing were freshmen they lost to santa Ma in that game uh so basically what we kind of talked about was you know how do you get from point a to point b because a lot of has happened between that you know and she said you you don't forget that feeling when you get to the the tournament and you lose and you have to go back and rebuild and we talked about the uh the following year uh which was the covid year where if you remember correctly there were so many teams in the parish both baseball and softball that were playing well 
or had just started to kind of turn a corner and it looked like things were looking up for him and then COVID put a halt to everything. So you kind of lose that season. And then, uh, you know, they go in and they play uh, airline last year and the, the pitcher for airline was just, uh, just on, had a great game and they, they wind up losing in the, uh, in the quarters, one game away. Uh, but every one of those games have kind of shaped the way this team is set up and, and come and done what they've done this year uh, to get to this point. So, you, you know, it's always interesting once we get to the state tournament. Always, always interesting, always something going on. It's always fun to do. And uh, we'll be there, man. Yes, sir. So, And I believe you're heading out tomorrow afternoon. Yes, that's correct. All right. So go follow Rob on Twitter or take a look at our Facebook page. Uh, we will or he will be posting updates as they come out. So to round out the show, we're going to go back over to David, and we're going to talk about a specific firefighter. And I'm just going to let you take it away. Yeah, this well, this was a uh, situation that started in uh, last summer, summer 2021. There was a, uh, we posted a story about this the day it happened. There was a wreck on Pete's Highway involving a firefighter uh, that was trying to that couldn't stop in time, basically, and as the firefighter swerved on Pete's Highway, he struck a car that was driven by an 83-year-old woman who was uh, well-known in the community, uh, Miss Gail Ripple, and uh, the fire truck was driven by a firefighter named Cody Cows, 24 years old now, and basically, the, he is now being charged, I want to make sure that I get it correct, uh, he faces a count of vehicular homicide and another count of reckless operation of a vehicle. And basically, the the issue with this now it just it was it had a hearing they had a hearing last week for it, and the state determined that or excuse me, a judge determined that the state has probable cause to move forward in the case uh, because afterwards, uh, as in the case with any sort of fatal accident, they take the they take a toxicology sample of the drivers involved, and there was it was determined that there was THC in uh, Mr. Cow's system uh, through the blood work. Now, obviously, there's no way to say when that THC was in there as of right now. That's something that would be talked about whenever it goes to trial. Uh, but as of right now, that that was enough for the for the judge to say that the that the state had probable cause, and that was sort of the the argument uh, that happened during the hearing, uh, Miss Ripple's family was there. They're the ones who kind of reached out uh, to me about, you know, just, hey, this hearing's going on soon, you know, and we get so busy, you know, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything that's going on in the parish. But, uh, but you know, I was glad that they reached out to me because they, their issue has been that this has not been, in their mind, maybe handled as well as it could have been. He was, uh, Mr. Cow was arrested about, uh, almost two months after the accident and i believe that the it was about three or so weeks after the accident they got the the blood sample back so i mean there's just been a little bit of frustration for them on their part but as of right now this there's another hearing scheduled for june 13th so we'll see where that goes but the the biggest thing is that does not prove the whenever it goes to trial they will have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Mr. Cow is guilty. The prosecution will. This was just determined that there was probable cause, and that's what the judge even said. There's a lot of leeway when it comes to more, when it comes to probable cause. So that uh, just means that the he has not been convicted or anything. This is just allowing the the case to move forward, essentially. 
So yeah, we'll have another hearing June thirteenth. Okay, and please uh, keep keep an eye on the space uh, on our Facebook page or on our website or in the paper because we'll have updates on that coming out. So, uh, gentlemen, I'm going to let y'all introduce yourself as we wrap this show up today, and we're going to start on the viewer's right. This is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond, sports editor with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor in the news. Appreciate you guys out there for joining us for the Livingston Parish News weekly show. This is group therapy. It's when we get to sit down and talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month. Get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.